Welcome back to the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. We're popping on out to the KDOS hotline, continuing our NFL prop discussion. Fortunate enough to have Kyle Soppy from Pro Football Network, PFNbetting.com with us today. Kyle, it's Bob and Kayla. How are you on this Friday? I'm doing great. We're getting ready for week six. We've got some action in the books, and we've got data under, you know, in tow here. Like, early in the season, there's still little to go on. We're guessing a lot, but now I feel like with five weeks of information, we've got some leads. We've got some angles to exploit here, and I'm excited to talk cross. Well, let's see if we can find those angles and have ourselves a Sunday here. I typically start the conversation with the local contest. The Arizona Cardinals, they're traveling to L.A. facing the Rams. Uh, We saw what Jamar Chase was able to do last Sunday. So now you have for the Rams Cooper Cup being back. You can't ignore what Puka and his targets and catches have been like and the targets and catches he still got with Coop. Cup being back last week. Uh, so what do we do with these two guys on Sunday and flipping this to the Cardinals side of things with James Conner being out? Do they maybe turn to some more gimmicky type plays, Rondell Moore, Hollywood Brown? How do we deploy those two this weekend? It's funny because you mentioned Jamar Chase and the potency of the Rams offense here. And I think that's where our angle comes in here. This total is set at 49 points right now, which is a little high for me. You're talking two offenses they rank below league average in pace of play, two top 10 third down defenses, and two low blitz teams. So I don't think you're going to see a high risk reward sort of situation on offense. You mentioned the gimmicks for the Cardinals. I think they could keep it close to the line of scrimmage. And to me, that means slow possessions without many turnovers. So I think you're going under 49 points here. I'm not sure that the Cardinals defense is really all that bad. They've played some of the most elite running backs in the game, and that has opened up the passing games, the opponent passing games have killed them because you have to respect the run. Not so much here. Kyron Williams under four yards per carry for the Rams. So I think the Cardinals can keep this close, keep it tight, and keep it low scoring. So I'm going under 49 points in this game. All right, Kyle. Uh, by the way, I miss you on your ESPN days, especially the fantasy baseball podcast. I used to love listening to that all the time. So thanks for all the help there. You helped me win a couple of leagues. Uh, hey, that, I'd to- love to hear it. Yeah, on to the matter at hand here. C.J. Stroud certainly been impressive to start his NFL career, but this week he goes against a good Saints defense. They get Marcus May back from suspension. So maybe Stroud under passing yards, maybe he throws his first pick of the year? Picking the first pick of the year is a little is a little strong for me just because he's been so cautious, and this offense is really built around him not taking chances. But I don't mind – the angle going under here. Tank Dell is going to be out with the concussion. So it takes away his secondary pass catcher. Nico Collins is great, but we've seen him get shut down on occasion at the number one role. And the Saints are coming off their best week on defense after shutting out the Patriots. So I don't mind your angle going C.J. Stroud under, thinking that maybe both teams can run the ball a little bit, melt the clock, and we see a low possession game. So C.J. Stroud struggles to get to his number this week. I, I like where you're going here. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com. Follow all of his work over there and the team of Pro Football Network. Uh, The London game, for whatever reason, it seems like the Titans haven't been good on the road this year, and London now becomes the ultimate road game for them thus far. Uh, Do we know enough, though, about this Ravens team and how they want to run their offense to identify some key players? Conversely here, Derrick Henry, 63 and a half rushing yards, does seem a little modest. 
it's modest to say the least, but I mean, he's, he's splitting snaps right now with Tajay Spears and he's just getting loaded box after loaded box. I really can, I'm concerned here. And if the game gets away from Tennessee, then you're going to go under that number. I caught it a little earlier in the week at 66 and a half and I went under it. So, but I, I would still take it at 63 and a half thinking that the Ravens can jump out here. I mean, the Titans are a stout run defense and they're a pass funnel. They encourage you to pass the ball, which Todd Monken and the Ravens more than happy to do. Lamar Jackson with the low dot, very safe throws to Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews. So if you want to target either one of them, I have no problem going over their catch and yard total. For me, I'm going Lamar Jackson not to throw an interception. He's only thrown three picks in three of his, or three picks in his last 294 attempts. Again, we're talking low risk throws, and the Titans' fifth lowest in pressure rate this season. So I don't think he's going to be rushed into a bad decision. James Cook, uh, missing in action last week, even though he was on the field uh, for Buffalo. So maybe some overprops this week and a bounce-back game against the Giants' run defense in a game in which the Bills should have the lead? Oh, man, you're reading this perfect. <laughs> I've got him over 100 total yards in this game. You almost get 2-1 to one on your money here. The Giants' second most missed tackles per game this season, and over 62% of Cook's carries this season have come against light boxes. That's the 10th highest in the entire league because defenses are worried about Josh Allen and what he can do through the air. And speaking of Allen, like he's not running at the rate he had in years past. You're talking almost half the number of carries he averaged last season. So I think you're looking at 15 to 20 touches from Cook. He's been over 25 receiving yards in three of his last four games. So I think there's multiple avenues here to get him to 100 total yards in a game. Like you said, the game script should be in his favor as a near two-touchdown favorite against the Giants. So give me over 100 total yards, almost double your money. Uh, it's a little frustrating, though, that the Bills kind of, like, take him out when they get into the red zone, though. So, like, stay away from the anytime fantasy, touchdown, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, for fantasy, we hate that. I mean, in a yardage prop, it's not the end of the world because if he doesn't get the five-yard touchdown, if he gets the 60 yards to get him down there, I'm okay. But, yeah, for fantasy purposes, it's been irritating. Uh, when it comes to Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, he has obviously just been incredibly stellar so far with his 49ers team. The Browns do have a good defense. Uh, maybe maybe without Miles Garrett, though, we kind of have to wait to see what's going on in that situation here. Uh, what do we do also with p- the potential weather that's headed for this game? Yeah, I think if you're going to play that game, you have to go Brock Purdy and probably under the passing yards. It's still – a very modest 203 and a half. So that's, that's not much for the MVP front runner right now on an offense that is clicking. But like you said, this Browns defense is nothing short of legit. They lead the league in pressure rate and they're coming off their bye. They've got a backup quarterback, so they do not want to maximize the number of possessions here. So if we're looking at a low volume play day, Purdy's only attempted 30 passes once this season. I don't think he gets close to that number. So if we're talking 25, 27 pass attempts, He's got to be uber-efficient to get over 203.5 passing yards. Not that he can't, but I'm not expecting it. So I'm going under 203.5 for Brock Purdy. Gardner Minshew, revenge game at Jacksonville against a bad Jags pass defense. Uh, so over Minshew props? I don't mind where you're going. Instead, I'm, gonna take, I'm just going to take the Colts against the spread. I mean, you've got the Jags coming back from London two weeks in a row over there, and they play on Thursday night coming up here. This is the second time the Colts have seen the Jags this season. And you're just talking about a bad spot for the Jags. The Colts are a better defense and offense when it comes to third down conversion rate. Gardner Minshew, a backup quarterback, like you guys said, but he's one of the best in the game as far as that's concerned. I don't think there's a big 
difference between him and Anthony Richardson on the point spread. So I'll take the Colts with the four points, understanding that I think the money line's in play too. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, PFNBetting.com here on KDOS AM 1060. Um, when it comes to what's going on with the Eagles and the Jets, we did find out about some injury news here for the Eagles on the defensive side of the ball with Jalen Carter as well as Darius Slay. Uh, but I also have to think that Brees Hall won't have the open running lanes that he did against the Broncos defense. He's currently sitting at 56 and a half rushing yards. So what do we do with Hall, who, though, is healthy and getting more touches in this offense and flipping this on over to the Eagles side of things? Can they take advantage of the Jeffs, Jets kind of soft run defense with DeAndre Swift or uh, Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I like your angle there on Hall. We're all, uh, you mentioned the fantasy status of James Cook with the touchdowns. Fantasy world was going crazy with what Brees Hall was doing last week. We finally got him unleashed, and he ripped apart a terrible Broncos defense. This is obviously night and day from that matchup. I, I don't mind going under his total at all. I think they get game scripted out of this rather quickly, and we've seen Philadelphia control the ball, control the clock, and limit the number of possessions for the other team. So Brees Hall under rushing, I think, makes a lot of sense. If I'm looking at the game as a whole, the Eagles to lead at halftime and win the game is minus 140 right now. I think they control this game from start to finish. Jalen Hurts just offers too high an offensive floor for Zach Wilson and company to keep pace with. So give me the Eagles to lead at half and full-time at minus 140, and I like your under bet on Hall as well. Lions and Buccaneers, total 42.5 in uh, many locations. That seems a little high to me. Is there any player props in that game that have caught your eye? I think we got to be paying attention to Jared Goff here. And if Amon Ross St. Brown, his number one receiver, is active, I'm interested in anything and everything Jared Goff-related. The Bucks are an elite run defense. They stock up down the middle, and that's where David Montgomery's been thriving. I'm a Packers fan. He killed the Packers. Over 30 carries, a couple of touchdowns a few weeks ago. But if they can't do that, then you're looking at a lot through the air. Again, the questionable secondary, they've looked better, and they had the bye week to get right here. But their golf, I mean, it's a road game, so you don't typically go golf on the road. But he has looked better. He's looked confident. You've got Amon Ra, like I said, if he's active, you've got Sam Laporta developing into a real threat at the tight end position. Josh Reynolds has been fine. If they could get Jameer Gibbs back and maybe feature him a little bit in the short passing game. So I'm looking toward Goff or Goff touchdown over one and a half also is appealing to me, assuming Amon Ra St. Brown suits up. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, PFNBetting.com, right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Uh, the Seahawks are giving up the fewest yards per carry on the ground so far this season, so does that automatically mean we take Joe Mixon under his rushing yards and flipping this to the Seahawks' offense? Who benefits from the Bengals' struggles in the run defense? If you're going to go Mixon, I'd be more likely to pick him to score a touchdown than I would under on any rushing prop. I don't mind your angle there. My concern is that if the Bengals' offense is actually on track, like what we saw last week, that maybe this is a positive game script for Mixon, and if he's getting 20 carries, he's probably going over that total, even if it's inefficient. But you're talking the Seahawks, the worst red zone defense in the NFL right now. Joe Mixon basically even money to score an anytime touchdown. We think T. Higgins is going to continue to be banged up. So if you can take Jamar Chase out, Joe Mixon, the clear secondary option in that offense when it comes to touchdown equity so i i'm going joe mixon to score a touchdown instead of messing around with his props as far as rushing on the other side of the ball goes yes he's been good but kenneth walker he's ah 
He's tough, and they're coming off a bye. I'm not too worried about Zach Charbonnet, and I think they really do have to run to set up the pass here. You're looking at the ribs injury for DK Metcalf. That puts him in a little bit of a spot, which means Geno Smith is going to have to get creative, and I think they feature the run more often than not. You're still talking a high total, 67 and a half. So it's probably a no play for me, but if I had to lean one way or the other on Kenneth Walker, it would be over rushing yards. All right, I asked about Minshew before. The other side of that game, this is more of just a general question. What do you make of the Jags' offense and Trevor Lawrence being this bad in the red zone and also he's not getting the ball down the field with frequency? I'm confused. Man, that makes two of us. There is not one person on the face of this planet that was more in on the Jags this summer than I. And this is my first year at PFN, and I'm glad they've kept me around for five, six weeks here because that is not looking so great. Up to this point, but I think what we saw last week, we saw some minor steps in the right direction. He had a couple of fumbles, and that hurts, but he looks better throwing the ball at season high in yards per pass attempt. And the part that encouraged me, he got Ridley the ball. They were looking to get Ridley the rock early and often, but he also had very efficient day to Christian Kirk. Zay Jones scores. Travis Etienne is rolling on the ground. So I think this offense starting to pick up a little bit. They get a divisional opponent they've already seen, already put up 31 points against. I think we're nearing that breakout, and if not, this might be the last time I talk to you guys because I'm going to have a job. <laughs> Bijan Robinson, uh, he was bottled up last week. Can the Commanders do something similar here? Uh, you know, after the embarrassment that ha- took place for them on Thursday night football, uh, and then flipping this on over to uh, the commander side of things on the offense here do we believe in this Falcons defense to to put some pressure on uh, Sam Howell? Believing in the Falcons' defense and putting pressure on Howell might be two different things. I think Howell can kind of run himself into a little bit of pressure. The Falcons' defense certainly has looked a little bit better. You've got A.J. Terrell, one of the elite corners in the game, and if he's squaring up against Terry McLaurin, that's kind of where I'm going here. would be under 50-and-a-half receiving yards for McLaurin. They've got four different guys on this offense averaging between 5.4 and 6.2 targets per game. So McLaurin, while he's the number one receiver, he's really not getting the wide receiver one treatment from his own team, and if the volume's not going to be there, and I don't trust the quality of targets to be that high if A.J. Terrell is in his zip code on a regular basis, I'll go under 50.5 receiving yards for Terry McLaurin. As far as B. John Robinson, I mean, I'm a numbers, data, spreadsheet guy, but if there's a guy that passes the eye test as much as anybody I've seen recently, it's B. John. I mean, he is a bear in the open field. He can make plays left, right, and center. I have no problem backing B. John in this matchup. You mentioned how embarrassed they were. I guess the Bears' offense, I guess that they're clicking, but they are nowhere near as potent as anything that B. John Robinson offers right now. His totals looking at roughly 70 rushing yards, 25 receiving yards, 100 total yards. I don't mind going over any and all of those numbers. I think B. John Robinson has a big week, and this is actually the first week of the season. He's my running back one for the week in fantasy. Hmm. Okay, last one for me. Somewhat sarcastic here, but somewhat a key word here. Do you know a bookmaker that would just, like, take action on whether Jimmy G or Mac Jones throw a pick six in this game? Oh, pick six? I, I, might be able to, I might be able to field some of your action here. I'm not sure either one of them throws the ball enough because neither one of their teams trusts them. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, he'll take his – he'll be careful. Like, I don't think he's going to want to do that in a revenge spot. Mac Jones is a mess. He might not even play the whole game. So, if he's not making a pass halftime, That's you might true. have to take New England quarterback pick six. Instead of just Mac Jones. But yeah, I could feel that for you. I'll give you even money. 
<laughs> Kyle, okay. Kyle, this has been fantastic. Before we let you go, though, is there anything that you like, anytime touchdown score, rushing yards, passing yards, receiving yards that you like that we haven't touched on? Uh, against, as far as against the spread goes, I'm going to take the Bears over the Vikings. you got a divisional game. They're getting a field goal. Minnesota very blitz-heavy. We've seen Justin Fields excel recently, and he's got a yak guy in D.J. Moore. So they're bringing the heat. It just takes one quick pass, one quick juke, and he's out of there. So I'm looking for the Bears to kind of keep this thing going. Six straight games for the Vikings have been decided by a single possession. So if you're giving me three points, give me the Bears to make it three good games in a row, maybe a second win. Kyle, thank you so much for your time filling in, and uh, hopefully we'll have more conversations with you in the future as well. Appreciate you guys having me. Looking forward to it. Once again, he is Kyle Soppy there, Pro Football Network, pfnbetting.com.